Welcome to Finding Joy, where we take a dive into the lives of doctors, nurses, medical students, and other health professionals as they combat the difficulties of their job. In a job as important as theirs, stress and burnout can easily build up, which is why it's so important to find balance through alleviation methods. Here's how some medical professionals have found balance through it all and are finding joy. Meet Dr. Walker and Morgan Black. Dr. Walker is a retired family physician who spent 20 years in the Air Force. She now works at Washington State University as an assistant professor and leader for first-year medical students, such as Morgan. Morgan is a fourth-year medical student going into emergency medicine. Dr. Walker has worked to provide Ballon Group experiences for all WSU medical students to help prepare them for the road ahead. I know most of our audience will already be familiar with the Ballon Group, but just really quick, can maybe each of you explain what is a Ballon Group for someone who's not familiar? So a Ballon Group is a group of clinicians um, who meet together on some sort of regular basis, and it's an opportunity for one person per session to share a case that has been bothersome to them. Uh, Either it's a frustrating patient or it's a patient they take home thinking about. It's just something about them or something about the interaction that bothers them. They can't get it off their mind. Or even frustrations like, you know, why won't this patient take their medicine? Or what did they mean by that last thing as they walked out the door? And so it just, it's something that's sort of fomenting in the clinician that prompts them on a given day to share this case with the group. And so the group, the, there usually are two leaders and the leaders will ask who's got a case and someone, whoever, will say, I've got a case and they'll share the case, uh, just tell the story from memory. It's totally spontaneous. It's never assigned, never prepared for. It's just whatever comes to their mind. So they share the case from their memory. The group can then ask a few clarifying questions or a little bit more about the relationship or an interaction that happened, and then have the presenter sort of figuratively or literally scoot back a little bit, and then they're sort of in a bubble where they don't have to talk and can just listen to the discussion. And then the focus of the group discussion is on what is it like to be this patient, what is it like to be this patient's clinician, And what kind of a clinician do they need you to be for them? Or what can you say about the relationship? And so the group just goes through and discusses it. And the discussion will often mirror what's actually going on in the case. It's something called parallel process. And so the leaders are sort of looking for that uh, in the discussion. Um, But a lot of times the patient will be so fascinating that the group can't stop talking about the patient and the clinician sort of gets lost and the leaders have to say, well, what about, what's it like to be this clinician? And other times the patient may be so difficult to relate to that the group can hardly even relate to the patient and they're all about supporting the clinician and we, we want the clinician to be supported no matter what. Yeah, that was a really thorough explanation. Thank you, Dr. Walker. So I then want to ask, um, are balance groups traditionally facilitated at WSU or at clinics that you've worked at, or is this kind of an independent thing? 
Balance groups sort of arose out of primary care, family medicine specifically. Michael Balance was a psychoanalyst in London after the war and first started trying to train primary care uh, doctors to do a little psychotherapy with some of their patients. And then he realized that wasn't really going to work. But in the context then of discussing those cases came this method. So it bears his name. And because it started in primary care, um, in the United States, balance groups are primarily, or they started in family medicine residencies and have continued to be. In fact, the residency review committee uh, often looks for the presence of balance groups in residency programs in family medicine specifically. Interestingly, balance occurs in many countries around the world. And like in England, it's more in among practicing clinicians in the Netherlands and Germany. In Germany, balance trained physicians can charge more. And but in the United States, it's been largely in residency programs, and there have been various studies in medical schools, um, maybe doing balance for a six-week experience. Um, but we were fortunate enough, as WSU was just starting, that we were able to train enough faculty um, and introduce the concept in Morgan's class in, in the second year. Uh, so they saw sort of a faculty group and then we went to our balance groups, and then they had balance groups throughout their second year. And they didn't have as much clinical content to share, but they learned the method. And then in their third year, when they had a lot more clinical exposure, then they had more cases to, to present. So I think WSU is kind of a, a leader in doing this with all medical students over this long of a period of time. That's wonderful. And then Morgan, did you have anything to add kind of what your experience has been with balance groups, how often you've utilized that? So what, um, just like Dr. Walker said, we had it about once a month in our second year. And then in our third year, it was a little more sparse because we were actually in clinical environments and it was sometimes harder to get together. But um, balance, especially in the third year, was really helpful because it gave us as students a, a, a way to view a difficult encounter or a difficult patient interaction in a different light and reflect on some of the strengths and weaknesses of how we either handle the situation or our uh, classmates handle the situation. And that was really helpful in, a, in the third year because it's such a stressful time and such a new environment. Yeah, absolutely. And so I then want to ask you, Morgan, what was your first impression of balance groups when you first started out? And has that changed to from how you view them now? So I definitely, um, when we first started Balance, um, I am not, you know, I thought, I think a lot of us were skeptic of just kind of sharing our feelings. And it was hard at first when we didn't really have patient interactions and clinical context to share. But what was interesting was our classmates kind of started sharing personal stories. It was a great way to uh, really learn about your classmates and understand some of the way they think and some of their, um, you know, vulnerabilities. And then it shifted even more so when I was in the clinical environment. Then I started really appreciating the ability to um, share something that I was weighing on me and have my classmates chime in on how, you know, they would have done something differently or ask questions about the interaction that led me to think about it in a different way. So it, my, my feelings about it definitely shifted as I, as I started having more interactions that I questioned, you know, my, myself in. 
Gotcha. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so I then want to ask you, Dr. Walker, how did you get started with Balan Groups? And why did you start work with them? So when I chose, and they chose me, I guess the residency in Charleston, South Carolina, Medical University of South Carolina, I chose it because I was interested in the psychosocial aspects of medicine, and they had a very strong behavioral science program, uh, as well as very strong clinical program. And so interestingly, there were two uh, physicians from South Africa that had sort of, in a sense, brought Ballant to the United States, although there, there were other influences. Uh, Michael Ballant's wife had been in the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati area, and there were different influences. But one of those, Dr. Clive Brock, was one of our faculty in Charleston. And so he started Ballant Groups with our residents. So for two years, I think weekly, we had Ballant Groups. And it was a really a, a life-changing sort of experience for me in thinking about patients in a different way. And ironically, there's a talk that I give to the medical students every year called Doctoring Friends, Coworkers, Family, and Self. And that talk grew out of a number of patients that I presented in my balance group and just the insights that I gained from that over time. And so that's how I started with Ballant. And then I went into the Air Force. Uh, my second assignment in the Air Force, I was teaching in a family medicine residency. So I called up Dr. Brock. <laughs> said, I want to start a Ballant group. And so I, I did a Ballant group with those residents for the two years I was there. Um, and then I was in Germany for six, six years. And when I came back to another residency, by then I had been in, become involved in training people to lead Ballant groups for the American Ballant Society. And so I led Ballant groups with second and third year residents for the whole, it was about eight year period. And then just, I've been very involved in both the leadership of the organization and in many, many conferences in which we teach people how to lead the groups. What is the importance of utilizing Ballant groups early on in a medical career, and why do you think it's important to start them earlier rather than later? So I would just say, I mean, these challenging situations start, I mean, there, there are things that students presented that occurred when they were in some sort of clinical setting before they even started medical school. Those troubling situations start from the beginning. And so knowing that there's a way to discuss and support each other with some of these difficult cases right from at least the start of medical school, I think is important. Um, I've seen situations where clinicians who've been in practice for 30 years will present a case from 29 years ago that has weighed on their heart for decades, where they either felt ashamed or just distraught or upset or whatever, and they've carried this for all those years. And so having an outlet to discuss these cases so they don't build up, because it, it does something to us. I, and I think as a medical student, starting before you go into the clinical environment, it's really helpful because it trains you in some way to see some of your biases. Um, and so that way, when you're in the clinical environment and you have a difficult encounter, it's a little bit easier to cope with um, and reflect on some of the things that the strengths and weaknesses of the encounter. And so I think starting early helps you so that when you're in the clinical environment, it's more helpful. 
Did you want to then go ahead and uh, share about the virtual balance group you've started, um, what you're working on, how the, how that's going? Sure. So so we haven't actually started the uh, the group that I hope to start. We have several people interested. Uh, we'd like to have hopefully 10 to 12 attendees. What we're looking for are clinicians in rural practices around Washington, um, because when you're out in a practice, it can get very lonely, professionally lonely. I mean, who do you talk to about, you know, frustrating situations? And so our hope is that by uh, recruiting some folks from these rural practices, it gives them an outlet to to both uh, share their own cases and hear cases their colleagues are struggling with. And so that's what we're looking for. And actually, since the pandemic started, uh, ballot groups have moved um, virtually completely to the virtual uh, platform. Uh, we prefer to be in person where we can really be in the same room and see each other. But it, it works. Um, it works in a virtual environment. And the American Balance Society has actually been offering uh, free four-session balance uh, groups. And we've had attendees from all over the world uh, for those virtual sessions. So my hope with, a, uh, with this project is to support clinicians in rural situations that are kind of isolated. If this opportunity sounds like something you'd like to participate in, you can contact Dr. Walker about her virtual balance sessions at j-a-n-e-t dot w-a-l-k-e-r at wsu.edu. This podcast series is made for the Washington State University Elson S. Floyd College of Medicine and funded by the Health Resource Service Administration grant number T0BHP 33106.